Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are back for yet another episode, and uh, I'm here with a couple of people who I guess it feels like I've been friends with for a long time, Maddie and Micah May. Thank you all for joining the Boca Podcast today. Yeah, our pleasure, Nathan. Thanks for having us. We're excited. This is fun. Well, and, and it is fun for me too. And, and part of the reason is because, uh, as I alluded to, we've had the opportunity to connect in person in the past, most recently at the United Conference. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, we, we very easily go deep in conversation. And I think it's because we, the, the three of us both, uh, we all crave it. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said for conversation that actually carries some depth these days. And, and that's, that is a conversation in and of itself. We won't go there today, but I just appreciate you all being willing to do that in person. And uh, I hope we get to do a little bit of that today as well. Me too, Nathan. I, I got to say, it's been a while since I had a six-hour conversation where both <laughs> both sides were equally involved. And and I got to say, you're a great listener, man. So <laughs> one of the best. Well, I appreciate that, but I also have to say in return too that you know, there's in this process of having a, a conversation that goes beyond the surface level, which. These days, it seems like um, these types of conversations can be few and far between. One of the things that you both do is show genuine interest in the way that you engage. And it's amazing how, especially in a day and age where it's very commonplace to have, or at least try to have a conversation with somebody who then just kind of out of the blue and very randomly starts looking at their phone as you're trying to say something to them. <laughs> oh, no. I, and I, that, that, that concept is still mind-blowing to me, but regardless... <laughs> In context of that, that kind of mental image, the fact that you both are very engaged in conversation just makes it easy to then dig deep. So again, we've had the opportunity to do that. We're going to carry that over into our our conversation today here on the podcast. But let's start off with something that we normally do at the podcast. It's called the technique for time. I know that time is a big part of the conversation that we're going to have later on today, dealing with how to get unstuck if, if those of you listening in are feeling stuck in one form or another in your business right now, Maddie and Micah are going to share some pretty important principles that will maybe help you get unstuck. But this idea of a technique for time, for those of you who are listening in or as business owners, if you feel overwhelmed with the busy work and like you just don't ever have time, Maddie and Micah, I'd love for you to help them get unstuck in context of this conversation, what is something that you all have learned to do that helps you save time in a day-to-day workflow or week-to-week workflow so that you don't have to be behind the computer all the time? Yeah, I think it's weird because actually we have added things to our life to save time. Interesting. (laughs) One of them, (laughs) we have two kids and still with two kids, I have found if I make time to work out every morning, I have more efficiency and I'm more like alert and Mm. it helps both of us so much. And so we kind of, we kind of co do every, like we, we co-parent, you know, we run business together and stuff like that. So we take turns in the morning, giving each other time to work out and it makes a huge difference, which is kind of counterintuitive, but 
it definitely helps. Well, I, I think it makes sense. At least it makes sense for me. I, I like to work out in the morning too. And there's some energy that I, that I get from that. And I, yes. I think maybe there's a, a feeling of discipline that comes from doing that thing first thing in the morning where you exactly. know, you're not, you're not, you're not hundred percent motivated. You know, it pushes you outside your comfort <laughs> zone a little bit, but then the fact that you follow through and you do it makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. And then there's just right. this natural physiological energy that you get from that. What, what do you all do for a workout? Is, is it something that takes a lot of time or have you been able to figure out an efficient way even to work out? I mean, I like some good old hip hop. <laughs> yes. Um, I love, I also do something called Tracy Anderson and then Micah. Yeah. We both have different workout routines. We, we both have different physiques and different goals and, but it's still taking care of our physical bodies is, is, uh, high on our priority list. So while Maddie does a lot of dance moves and makes me look bad on, on the <laughs> flexibility side of things, I, I just hit the gym. I, I go for an hour. I do weight training, interval training, and uh, sometimes uh, some steady state cardio. So, but I don't, I don't ever go past an hour. Huh. Okay. And, and Maddie, how much time do you spend? An hour is um, an interesting, I mean, I think that's pretty manageable for most people, but what does your workout look like? I don't have an hour. I think it's because he actually goes to the gym and stuff. He actually gets more time. I am usually about 30, 40 minutes yeah. max. And it's definitely not because I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe. But, but sometimes we need, you know, I mean, as, as busy business owners and then, you know, having a personal life that in and of itself can be a bit chaotic at times, especially yes. with kids. Um, figuring out a workout that you can get in in the 30, 40, 30 to 40 minute time frame uh, can be really important too. And I've said yes. this before in the podcast, something as simple and, and actually, Micah, you alluded to this as a high intensity interval session can be accomplished in, in just a few minutes, even if you actually do That's it right. correctly. That's the right. Tabata method is something that comes to mind, which I think like the original Tabata workout, I think it was only like four minutes long. And, and to be clear, you have to push yourself to the extent that, that you're going to be uncomfortable, but it, it is possible to get a workout in and to do so consistently within a relatively small amount of time. So this is a good point of conversation. It's a good reminder. And I appreciate you starting us out with that. I know that we're going to get to this, actually, this, this next question and probably a little bit more detail later on in the podcast. But I wonder if you both, uh, or at least one of you anyway, would share one of the most important books that you have read thus far. Okay. I feel like that's like asking who your favorite child is. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. That is fair. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to pick, but I do think that recently I've read 168 hours. Yes. Um by Laura Vanderkam. And it just gave me a lot of permission to be able to be a successful business person and a successful mom, mm. which is really important to me. So that and I, I'm kind of hyper into being efficient. So it was maybe good and maybe brought me too far to that side because I love it so much. I just love being efficient. So it was like food for my soul. Now, when you say, and, and maybe you're going to get into this a little bit later, but when you say permission to be a mom, I mean, when I, when I, I don't think I've actually read this particular book yet. I might even have it in my library. But when I think about this idea of 168 hours in a week, I, I just naturally kind of lean toward the assumption, which is that this book is going to talk about how we can make better use of that time. But you're, you're saying yes. that you actually got permission to be a mom. What does that mean? So she talks about how even statistically, a lot of moms who are stay-at-home moms still will only play with their kids for one to two solid hours a day. And 
And that's true. Like if you're busy staying at home, being a mom, sometimes you're just around them, not actually spending like quality time with them. And I usually did a little more than that, but it was, it made me, she gave you permission to stop and think like, do you actually want to spend doing quality things? And how much of it do you just feel like you need to be there for them for some reason? It gave me pause to realize I can be really, really intentional with the hours that I am with them and make that time worth it. And then I can go and be, you know, business person for four to eight hours a day and still be able to invest in them. And so she specifically talks to moms in there about how it's okay to still work and you're actually giving them a gift to work because you're showing them what real life looks like, Hmm. but then you can come and be with them and be super intentional about that time. And I know for me, it's really true. If I'm working, I'm more filled up and I have more to give them. So when I am then with them, I'm actually able to focus on them because I feel alive myself. And so she kind of goes into that. That's okay. So there, I mean, there are multiple talking points here. And and by the way, we'll link to this book in the show notes. It is called 168 Hours. You have more time than you think. And it's by Laura Vanderkamp. I do have it in my library. I actually pulled it up on my Kindle here and I haven't read it yet. But I, I think after our conversation today, I'm going to be quick to get to that one as soon. But there is something to be said for number one, developing awareness, which leads to perspective, which hopefully changes our behavioral patterns. And it sounds like this is something that you've experienced through reading this book, Maddie, but Mm -hmm. the reality, which is that we have way more time. You know, the, the thing that, that we hear from photographers and just people in general these days is quote, I'm busy. Right. And, and I I can't help, but wonder at that point in time, what does that actually mean? Exactly. Because you see, you see people making time ultimately for whatever they want to actually make time for. And the quote, I'm busy phrase really is just a cop out in the end. And so developing a certain level of awareness of how much time we actually have can -hmm. translate to the way, not only that we run our business, but ultimately parent as well. And it sounds like you experienced that kind of shift in perspective through the book. Yes. And she talks about, instead of saying I'm busy, say it's not a priority or, you know, something along those lines. And it helps you kind of verbalize and realize when you're just making an excuse and when, like what priorities you actually have, which is so important if you're going to run a business. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's, that's a way more honest answer too. Yes. (laughs) That's huge. Micah, what comes to mind for you? What's one of the most impactful books that you've read? You know, it's not a business book, but the one of the books I've drawn a lot of personal meaning from and seen a lot of change in my life because of is uh, the book's title is called Crash the Chatterbox hmm. uh, by Stephen Fiertick, is how you say his name. Okay. He says this chatterbox is kind of the negative self-talk that a lot of people have uh, inside their head as they go through daily life. And this applies in business. It applies in family. Uh, and for me, it, it strikes a chord because I, I was raised in a very uh, good home, a very structured home. But somewhere along the line, I picked up this this really pervasive, pertinent, negative self-talk that where I, if I thought I made a mistake, I would say things like, oh, man, why did you do that? And I would spend so much time thinking about why I did what I did and what the impact was going to be and how I was going to have to work so much harder to to make up for my mistakes. And it really made me afraid uh, to try new things. And um, uh, reading that book, I, I think just refreshed uh, my memory for some of those things that it, it related well to me. In the book, Stephen gives uh, specific 
examples of how that chatterbox can really destroy your your self-image, your relationships. Really, self-image and, and self-confidence has a lot to do with the rest of life and, and success in life. And I've seen as I have changed that chatterbox talk into, oh, you know what, I'm making, I made a mistake. You know, anyone could do that. This could have happened to anyone. Hmm. And a lot of times when people would give me negative feedback, you know, that would be on my mind the whole day. And I would just obsess about this one person that I, that is mad at me or this one relationship that I don't think is perfect. And it's really debilitating. So one thing that I learned from the book is to take that feedback as data. So somebody gives me a negative review of either myself or my business, or they give me something that I don't like, some sort of feedback. If I can separate that in my mind, uh, take some emotion out of it and say, is there some credibility to what they're saying here? Is that warranted? And really make a judgment call as to whether I'm going to pay attention to that piece of advice rather than, uh, I guess my old way would just be to obsess about it and think, boy, you know, I've got to change the entire way I do life uh, to make this person happy. And I'm, I'm in this constant learning process that you can't make everybody happy. And that's okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But you know, what you're describing too reminds me of a book that I've talked about so many times here on the podcast called Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And, and he talks about how we give so much significance to that voice inside our head. And it really is very easy to get carried away with the things that we're hearing from that, that so-called voice. Yes. But I think one of the things that, that is helpful, I mean, that I know for me that, that kind of helps bring me back to center when I think about this, this idea of, of getting lost in that voice or what that voice is saying, and then kind of that letting myself get caught up emotionally uh, as a result, this, if we're very, very clear with our values to begin with, that can help kind of bring us back to center and filter out what isn't relevant. So I I like the very kind of self-aware, very pragmatic approach that you're taking, Micah, which is, is this thing like, what can I learn from this and, and how can I then effectively apply it to my life or to my business? And that is a much easier process to go about if we're very clear about our values, which then of course translates to our business model um, and, and we're able to filter out what isn't relevant to take in and what yes. is relevant and apply accordingly. It's, I mean, to be clear, I have, I'm an emotional person, so it is easy for <laughs> me to get caught up in it. I totally can empathize and relate there, but at the end of the day, we can move past that, uh, more effectively or more easily, uh, if we're very clear about what we're actually reaching toward and, and those goals should be a reflection of our values. So, um, yes. this, these are, as I alluded to the beginning of our conversation, and we, we go deep pretty quickly, and, and these are really interesting <laughs> talking points. We could probably have multiple episodes on, but I'm going to keep moving here for the sake of our listeners. Um, let's get to the next one, which is uh, something that I have asked quite a bit from our guests. What is, I mean, something as you've been in business over the years, Maddie, you, you mentioned to me that you've been a photographer now for 12 years. Is that right? Um, professionally, yes. Professionally? I mean, okay. Let's be honest. I was on the floppy disk digital camera when I was nine, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, between what you've learned and, and what Micah has learned through running a business, what is the, the piece of advice that comes to mind? If you had 15 seconds to give a fellow photographer a piece of advice from all that you've learned, what would that be? 
You know, I'm going to jump in here and answer this one, Nathan. I think for both of us, Mm -hmm. we we would say don't be afraid to learn who you are and your strengths and your weaknesses and and just have a really good sense for what you're good at and Mm -hmm. what you like doing. Um, This is a piece of advice that I've heard a lot, and I'll just reiterate it here. If you take a legal pad and draw a line down the middle of it, on the left side, you write down all the things you love and all the things that you like doing. It'll probably be a a pretty long list, uh, but it won't be as long as the next list. Uh, If you go on the right side of that page and write down all the things you don't like or hate doing, uh, that'll probably be longer. So the idea is, how do you get more of what you love and and like into your daily routine, into those 168 hours? And how can you eliminate or delegate the things that you don't like? Ah, yes. Or, you know, you could just marry the person who's the perfect compliment in business to you. I think that's also a great solution. (laughs) That is, yeah, that is not a bad idea. Although even that, I mean, as idyllic as that sounds, that's a bit of a process too, right? Figuring out how to to, um, capitalize on your strengths and then let the other person who has complementary strengths kind of take over where it makes most sense. And I know that we're going to get into that in more detail here in just a bit. So we'll leave that for now. But this is really good. I, I, you know, we've talked a lot about on the podcast in the past, and I've had the opportunity to share with photographers the significance of focusing on the proactive versus the reactive, the proactive Mm. tasks in our lives being those that uh, at least on a business level will help drive our business forward, actually generate revenue, pick up new clients. And those reactive tasks are things that have to be done, but don't necessarily require our involvement. And in many cases probably are reflective of of those things, Micah, that that you were talking about, which are the the busy work that we don't necessarily want to be involved in. And there are ways to to kind of focus on the proactive side and minimize your time on the reactive side. And one of those, as you mentioned, is delegation. And of course, this is, I'm a little bit biased, I I will say, (laughs) as an owner of a company that specializes in taking on work from other photographers, editing, of course, specifically. But delegation really is probably the biggest time saver at the end of the day. If we're able to delegate those, those reactive tasks, it frees us up not only to focus on those things that will drive our life, our business forward, but those things that we enjoy the most. And, and I think that's a really, really great point. And it also stops you from getting capped, I think, because I know for me, yeah. when I first started my business, I tried to do it all alone and tried to wear all the hats. And you just can't grow the same way because you're not, you're not meant to do so many things at once. It's, That's why I love your business. It's uh, true. It's very, very true. But you know, I've, I've even, and there's a bit of, uh, actually there's a lot of irony here, but this has been a, a big lesson that I've been reminded of even as of late too. The irony being that, that I, I own and, and run a company that is specializing in taking work from photographers, doing that for them. So photographers can delegate mm-hmm. their editing to us. Um, I've been reminded of the significance of making sure that I learn to let go of control of certain areas of the business so that we can grow. Because you're right, Matt, we can't effectively scale and grow our business over the long run, minimize burnout, unless we learn to delegate, to hand certain things over so we can focus on our strength. So this is yes. really, really important. And, and I love that we have this reminder. Talk to us about your your photography business and more specifically your brand position. This is something that we highlight on the podcast and have for some time now. Um, we're going to continue to dig into this because I think a lot of photographers are maybe even confused about this idea of a brand position. So very, very <laughs> simply, what is the unique selling point of your photography business? What is your brand position? Yeah. So I'm sure you've seen the photography and, and many of your listeners have seen the industry change and, and evolve in the last uh, decade, maybe even 20 to 30 years. 
Uh, I think about how wedding pictures have evolved since my parents got married. Uh, and a For lot sure. has changed. But it seems like professional headshots, that side of the industry hasn't made the same type of progress. Hmm. So our position is we see a lot of stuffy looking headshots out there in the professional world. I don't know whether it's because business people think they have to put on a serious face to be taken seriously, but we're focusing on bringing the personable side to professional headshots and and creating that maybe subconscious or or unspoken trust or bond with uh, with cl- um, uh, our our customers' clients so that they can really get their dream customers and communicate and present themselves the way that they really are, you know, as successful as, as helpful business people like yourself. Well, and, and I'm, I'm actually, I was jotting down as you're talking, Micah, the, the, the tagline here might be bringing personality to professional headshots. And, and I like this yes. idea because you're, you're right. A lot of the headshots, especially corporate headshots that you see, um, you, you look at this person in the image and the last thing that you want to do is to connect with them on a personal level. Yes, there, there isn't a exactly. kindness to their eyes. They're dressed in a way that somebody from 50 years ago might dress in a professional <laughs> exactly. work environment. Yes. This is just not uh, a, going to ultimately draw someone to them. And there is wonderful opportunity to, to bring personality to these headshots. So I like this. And this is definitely a selling point. And particularly if you, if you take advantage of that very simple idea of bringing personality to professional headshots, it, it makes marketing easier as well. Yep. Um, yes. So I, I like the direction that you're going with this. And how? And speaking of, how do you plan on communicating that effectively via social media, your website, marketing, or otherwise? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things we're going to be doing on, you know, social media and on our website too, is kind of showing the difference. Because I do think a lot of professionals, uh, they might even see, you know, the beautiful art that's in the wedding photos that, you know, has come to be so popular and think, well, that's not professional and I, I need a professional look. And so I even, I just did headshots for an amazing businesswoman who I respect and she is so personable and kind and she takes care of her clients and she had just gotten headshots done, but I was giving them to her as a gift. So we, so she just got more done through me. And I just took the time to really draw out what I've respected and seen in her. Mm. And so when we got to the end, she was like, Maddie, this is amazing. Like, this is my brand. This is what I want to communicate to my clients. And I didn't even know that that could happen in a headshot. And so I'm going to start showing just the difference of like, yes, this is a professional headshot over here and it's generic. And like you said, they might be wearing clothes from 50 years ago, (laughs) but it looks professional and it looks nice. But here's what it can also look like. And just showing the kind of before and afters of there's nothing wrong with this one over here that's kind of generic. But if you want to really connect with your clients, you can still look just as professional and 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 then just look extra personable and bring out who you really are to them. I like this. I, I, I like it because it's very clear. There is some distinction to it. And I can imagine that the, the marketing possibilities are endless. When I think about yes. you know, copy or as you were talking about examples through imagery, potentially video, there could be some really humorous video that you could create around this <laughs> yes. idea. This, this could be a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it'll be interesting to follow you guys as you develop this brand. I, I know that this is a kind of a newer brand or at least a new focus uh, or yeah. renewed focus, if you will. And I'm really excited for you both. 
Yeah, it's funny how how much can come together all at once. Uh, when we were talking with you at United last fall, uh, fall of 2018, uh, you know, we were looking for kind of the next step in life. So here we are about six months later, and a, a lot of clarity has has come. And maybe that's another lesson that I'll take. Certainly, I'll remember the rest of my life is pursuing what you're passionate about, what you like, but taking some small steps and generating some momentum, maybe even experimenting a little bit. That's kind of how this started was we wanted to work together. Okay. Well, what's, what's, what's something that we both can do that, that draws on both of our strengths. And so this kind of grew organically. And um, I I just think it's funny six months ago, uh, you were hearing us say, well, we don't know what we want to do. And, uh, and and here we are with a, a great fun, business model. And we're both having a blast. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing how it develops too. I was just going to say, I think my favorite part is Mike is like, he's got an MBA. He's all professional. He loves working with professionals. And I'm kind of just like, well, let's have fun. <laughs> and so <laughs> with your hip hop music love- playing in the background. That's right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and I love this because it totally draws on both of us. Like he gets to talk with professionals and he gets to make us actually feel like a legitimate company because he talks like a professional and I can be like, well, and I'm going to bring up all your personality and it's kind of perfect. I love it. Beauty and the geek. I think that's, that's, our, <laughs> that's our new brand. Oh man. Again, you, you could, you could run with that as well, but this is really, <laughs> this is a good segue. I, I just want to jump right into our conversation. I, I alluded to this, this notion of getting unstuck earlier and uh, you just brought up the conversation that we were having about six months ago, and it really is exciting. You know, it, a lot of times you hear from business owners or, or photographers more specifically, they have these ideas, and the ideas kind of stay ideas. They remain inside their head, and they don't really actually move forward and do something with them. You right. all had a certain drive about you when when we were chatting in the fall, um, this, this, this desire to find some resolution to a bit of unrest. And, and, and actually, Maddie, you said in, in leading up to our conversation today via email, you said we were exhausted and stressed, not happy because we weren't living up to who we thought we could be. We wanted to grow, but felt stuck. Yeah. And uh, so I wonder if it, you all can lend some context to that, um, that statement that you made in the email and kind of give our listeners a bit of backstory here before we get into how you found some resolution. Yeah, of course. I, I think our story mirrors a lot of other stories and not just entrepreneurs, not just photographers, but I think at some point everybody gets to the place where they aren't happy with something in their life or maybe with their entire life. And they say something needs to change, but they don't know how to make that change happen. So that's where we were um, uh, really spring of 2018. So a year ago, about a year ago, we had this kind of angst. We were both very successful in our jobs. I was working for a, a small family owned company in the finance industry here in Texas. And uh, Maddie had done a lot of work freelance for them in photography. And, and uh, now she does some video. Uh, she also ran their social media for a while. And and um, we also got to travel and speak at dozens of seminars around the country. So we had a really uh, rockin' life. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, but we got to this place where we felt like uh, we felt stuck. We felt like there wasn't uh, as much room to grow mm. uh, where we wanted to grow. And our daily routine was 
just lacking. And it's hard to put into words sometimes because when you know something's off, maybe you can't really put your finger on, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not working out an hour a day. You know what? That's it. That's what's going to change my life. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't have that realization. So we we had this general feeling. It's like you've got the flu. You don't know what's wrong with you, but you know you're you're yeah. just achy and sore. Yeah. So we were at that place. We had a, ch- a chance to go to Hawaii. Actually, the company helped us go to Hawaii for a little vacation, and so we enjoyed some time in the sun. And really, uh, we didn't have our kids there, so we had some quiet time. Uh, Maddie was pregnant and we felt like we had the rest of our lives in front of us. And we wanted to talk about what we wanted that to look like. So when we were there, we kind of, it was supposed to be like a relaxing, fun trip. And (laughs) the whole time, (laughs) the whole time I was sick because I was pregnant and it hit me hard. So we just sat like I'm an adventure girl, like I'm in the water, zip lining, all those things. But I just literally sat by the water the whole time. And so we had a lot of time to talk and really realize we're, we need to change something. Like we both kind of knew it, but that's when I think it just kind of, we had no choice but to face it. And so we thought, well, the biggest thing we can think of to grow is to just really get a good community around us because we're in a really small town right now. Mm. Don't And we've worked really hard for community, but we don't have... I don't know, a big enough community, I guess. And so we thought, well, we need that. So we're going to just uproot our entire family while I'm pregnant, sell our dream house that we have right now and move. And so we decided to do that. And it was this huge deal. And we put our house on the market, got a contract on it. And we were so excited. I mean, it was like so hard. I was super pregnant and sick and we were moving and we thought, wow, <laughs> here we're doing this huge thing. And then when we, when we move, everything's just going to fall into place. Yeah. And like two days or one day before the, <laughs> the house was supposed to close, the buyer's financing fell through and we oh, were no. left with a fully packed house, a very pregnant oh. and <laughs> all of our dreams of like hope and change were just dashed. And we ended up with two more contracts that fell through and a lot of limbo land. I think between the first one and the second one, there was like six weeks. Mm -hmm. And it was in between those that we thought we're going to go crazy because here we are thinking we're doing everything we need to do for our family to make this huge change. Goodbye to everyone. And we were ready to move on. And then we were just stuck with like a ticking baby in my belly. (laughs) (laughs) And so we, at that point had to just stop and it might sound small because we were just in a, you know, in a house and we were just waiting to move and it's not a big deal. But to us, we were ready to make a huge change in our lives and we thought we knew the answer and then it just wasn't there and we literally couldn't do anything about it. And so we had to stop feeling sorry for ourselves because the first week was a lot of that. And then just (laughs) felt stuck. (laughs) Yes. And then we just realized like we have to figure out how to get unstuck no matter what our circumstances are. And our circumstances right now are we're in a house in a city where we don't have a lot of community and we're here. So what are we going to do about it? And that's when, I mean, honestly, I look back on it now and I think like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are if we hadn't been stuck here. And I'm so grateful we were. And so we kind of developed like a plan, I guess, for how we were going to get unstuck. 
Well, and, and this is, I, I'm, I'm feeling the angst with you. I mean, we, we talk about this idea of being stuck. You weren't just stuck figuratively. You were, you were literally stuck too. That's These, right. <laughs> the contracts go through a couple of times and you're not going anywhere. And I know that feeling too. Like when you get something in your head and you're like, this is what we're going to do. And it doesn't happen. There's a natural angst there as well. And it's yes. hard to create a mental shift. But, you know, Tony Robbins talks about this idea of how pain and pleasure, sadness and happiness drive what we do as human beings. And that ultimately, if that pain is significant enough, it, it has the ability to be able to drive massive change. And so you're feeling the significant angst. You need a change. You need something different. You you want an outlet and a, the opportunity to be able to ultimately reach your greater potential. You alluded to this earlier. Yes. You felt like like you could do more. You wanted more at least. Yes. And, and so there was opportunity here to to make some significant change. And I know that, again, back to your email uh, to me, Maddie, you alluded to the fact that you had listened to some other business experts and leaders and I guess ultimately took some advice from them. And there were three significant steps that you took at this point that enabled you to turn the corner. Can you dig into those a little bit? Yeah. So the first step that that really changed our life is we realized we needed help. <laughs> That's the first step. And, <laughs> and we didn't have anybody in town that we um, felt like we could go to for the answers that we needed. So mm. we knew that we needed to find a mentor. That was the first step. We needed to get help from someone who's been down this before, who, who knew the, the obstacles and how to get over them. So uh, we started getting mentored through books and podcasts. There were several books. And actually, Tony Robbins is correct when he talks about pain moving people forward. There's, I think we thought like the pain was, we're going to uproot our lives and move. And yeah. That's going to be our big pain point. Uh, and it was actually that we couldn't uproot our lives and that's move. That's right. We got stuck. Well, and, and it's, I do want to just interject really quickly here. It's important to note, too, that it's easy to get stuck in the pain and just remain yes. there. Um, yeah. There, I mean, you see countless examples of this, personally, professionally, where somebody experiences a certain amount of pain and they, they get stuck in that pain. And yes. mentally, they go in this kind of unhealthy, cyclical behavior where instead of moving beyond it, looking for solutions, just you get stuck inside, you get stuck internally and remain there. And uh, fortunately, it sounds like you, you both moved beyond that, that so-called pain. But there is opportunity here. I, I think it's a good reminder, I should say, that there, when we do face pain, there is an opportunity to find solution to that, to move beyond that. And yes. um, to be careful not to get lost in it, because in you know first yes. world culture again we have we're, we're fortunate enough that we have so much time on our hands that we even have the 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 resources to sit and consider to analyze and yes. sadly in many cases to overthink and and again get stuck <laughs> in that cycle right but it's those who see or experience the pain certainly and feel that and it can be quite significant but understand that there is light on the other side. Uh, mm -hmm. and that begin to reach for that, that are going to experience some pretty incredible benefits. So I just want to throw that in there because it's a choice. We ultimately have to make that choice in the end. Do we sit here in this and kind of react to what seemed like really negative circumstances in the moment, or do we choose to move beyond that and look for the solutions? And it looks like you all took the latter route. Well, and I think, I don't know if you've heard of the book Option B, but it's a book that we should... I don't even know all the details of it, but option B is a book I read a few months before all of this stuff happened. And it, she talks about, you have to take 
what you're given and you're rarely given option A, you know, so you have to take it and make the best out of it. And I feel like during those crucial like months that we were kind of in limbo land, that's what we constantly did was, okay, well this, we thought we had option B. We like kind of got down to like option X, Y, and Z. <laughs> yeah. And we just had to keep finding the solution to keep growing. And it just didn't look like we thought it was going to look, it just never did. And I'm so grateful for that now, but we kept being like, why is just, why is life not working the way we think it's supposed to work? And we wanted to, we could have gotten just caught up in the, I don't know, the sadness of that, I guess, Mm -hmm. pain of that. But instead it was just like, nope, we got to keep going forward and find another, another way out. Yeah. You mentioned this too, Nathan, that a lot of, we've been in this situation too, just feel like we're, we're stuck in our pain and feeling sorry for ourselves. And I'm sure we all go through some amount of time in that phase sure. before we decide to make a, a, a choice or an action. And I, we believe, and I believe this very strongly that God has placed a lot of the most incredible, beautiful experiences just on the other side of pain Yeah, mm. and sometimes really great pain. And like you said, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope that we can't always see. And it's really difficult to do something without hope. You know, it it really makes your heart sick, right? So I I think understanding that, that it's not the end and if it's not good yet, then it's not the end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That, that, that's the kind of attitude that is really difficult to have, but there's also, there was also a piece, I think, a steadiness in both of our our hearts as we experienced this this feeling of being stuck. And it was, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I had this thought of, okay, I, we made this big decision to move. We listed our house. We um, we were doing all this, and, and actually, in the middle of all that, my uh, wonderful grandma uh, died in Colorado, wow. and she and I had shared a special bond, and she poured into my life a lot. So there was multiple things going on where I said, gosh, can this get any worse? Yeah. Never asked that question, by the way, because they're, they're <laughs> you, might, you might find the answer you don't like. But I remember being in that mindset for a while. How in the world am I going to enjoy my life again? You know, yeah. when I try to move, this happens. And when I try to move over here, another obstacle comes. And, and in the middle of this great life change, you know, somebody that I love passes away. Mm. You know, is there anything that can go right for me? And, and I think that's a yeah. normal place to be. We can't just skip that phase. Uh, but it's kind of your choice. Uh, it was my choice for how long I stayed there. Mm-hmm. And, and we were able to go to Colorado and, and uh, grieve my grandmother's passing and, and, and do all of this. And, and then, get together, Manny and I sat down and and we said, what kind of life do we want here? Uh, We don't know how long it's going to be before we sell this house. So what do we want our lives to look like in the meantime? Yeah. Because we're, we're stuck. So how do we make, how do we have momentum? How do we keep growing when we're stuck? And that was, that was a challenge that I think we were both up to. Um, and Maddie, I don't know how she did it while she was pregnant, but she like <laughs> carried me emotionally through that period because she was just tough as nails uh, and still, really sensitive to me and, and our, our little boy Maverick's needs. And she was a rock star through it out. And we got through it together, but it was kind of one step at a time. 
But you make an interesting point there, which ultimately is a lot of our ability to be able to move beyond a difficult circumstance is in the way that we frame that particular circumstance, right? And not to make this a a Tony Robbins podcast, but I've learned so much from him (laughs) as well. One of the things he also talks about with regards to pain and pleasure um, is that we can we have the ability to be able to to tell a particular story about yeah. this experience that we've had to frame that particular experience the way that we want to yes. um, ultimately to determine what belief or beliefs that we associate with that experience and if we want to frame it in this overly negative light um, it's very easy to do so number one and that will only continue that kind of vicious cycle yes. alternatively yeah. we can frame this as an opportunity to learn and to grow uh, as you all did and and that is enabling in nature yes. and it enables you to be able to ultimately move beyond so this is really good and uh, I, I mean you started Micah with this idea of finding a mentor and and it's interesting to note too that I mean, again, thanks to, to technology and the way the world works in 2019, we have this ability to be mentored, not necessarily by an individual, um, but in this case, many individuals who have all kinds of experience and all kinds of wisdom to share with us. Um, are there particular books or podcasts that you've alerted to one or two, I think already, but that um, we can maybe share with our, our listeners that you gained a lot of inspiration from? Yeah, certainly. In addition to the 168 hours and crash the chatterbox, um, we are learning a lot about negotiation. Hmm. There's a book uh, written by a former FBI kidnapping negotiator. His name is Chris Voss, and he wrote a book called Never Split the Difference. And it turns out a lot of the negotiating tactics used with terrorists happen to work pretty well in the business world, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> those of you <laughs> who see business as a battle and uh, if you I mean, myself, I'm, I'm not a great negotiator. Naturally, I, I think I already told you I like to please people. And that doesn't usually end up with both sides very happy. Mm. <laughs> so we're, we're learning a lot about how to communicate clearly and negotiate well. Creativity, Inc., uh, is a great book that Maddie is reading on how to uh, create a culture of creativity. Yeah, It was written by um, someone who worked at Pixar and, and saw Steve Jobs and his time there. Uh, and then finally, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Huge uh, fan. Great yeah. book. And, mm-hmm. and I think it was actually through United that we learned about it. And it, it, it's really helped us clarify our, our message as a company. Yeah. Yeah, that is a book that I cannot recommend enough. And we'll link to all these in the show notes. For those of you listening in, uh, there will be show notes accompanying this episode that accompany other episodes as well. If you go to Boca, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com, Haley does a, a lovely job of putting all of that together. So take advantage of those resources. But um, when it comes to to branding and marketing, I, I would say that that would be the first book that I'd recommend to anyone right now. Yes. First of all, it's, an, it's a really easy read. Um, it's easy yes. to consume. The information, that the principles are, in, in a sense, relatively basic, but to our earlier conversation, a, a lot of it's about doing, right? We can we can talk yes. ideas all day long. We ultimately need to apply the ideas. The ideas in that book are not only applicable, but relatively easy to implement if you're just willing to take the time, make a little bit of effort. So I, I cannot recommend that one enough. Yes. Yeah. And you, um, you mentioned, you put this really well, Nate, uh, Nathan, you said uh, just knowing what to do and taking action is important. And, yeah. and when you're stuck, it's like the last, that's the last thing you want to do. Or even if you do take action, it seems like a lot of things just don't work. So having that book in particular with branding answered a lot of our how-to questions 
because I know a lot of, of entrepreneurs out there, a lot of people who want to go make changes in their life, they have that desire in their heart, but they just don't know the first place to start. They don't know whether they should hire an accountant or a babysitter first. Um, <laughs> and so, and with branding, it's, it's a very difficult place uh, to, to know where to start too. So uh, I will second your recommendation yes. on that. There, there's some practical advice there. Yeah, well, and this is a good first piece of advice, finding a mentor. If you're feeling stuck, find a mentor, or maybe in this case, a, a series of mentors. It, it is helpful, I will say, because there is so much information uh, available to, to us these days for little to nothing, really, as far yeah. as financial cost is concerned, that you're clear going into, those of you listening in, that you're really clear going into that search for mentors, for information be clear, at least at a, at a basic level, about what it is that you're trying to achieve. So you feel stuck. What does stuck mean in your life? And so now you need to find particular solutions, at least two or three solutions, maybe, to feeling unstuck, to the, the way that you feel, and now go searching for information based on those unique uh, feelings, if you will, your your experience, where you're at in your business and your personal life. Um, and thanks to the wonderful thing called Google, it's not too difficult to then find uh, good resources, but definitely take advantage of these resources that we've mentioned. We'll put these in the show notes. Take us to the next step that you went through to to feel unstuck in this case. So I think, oh man, this is my favorite one because this is what I love to do, but we learned <laughs> how to use our time really well, which was a little hard for us because Micah and I really like each other. So we really like to like <laughs> have a few hours at night just to like talk and yeah. snuggle yeah, and talk, watch talk. movies. And, <laughs> and then, you know, Maverick comes in and wakes us up nice and early and we're like, nah, we don't want to get up yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it was really powerful to realize that the more we use our time well, it's not actually restraining to us. It's giving us a gift. Mm. And it was it took a lot to get us to where we really believed that. And now I just feel like, man, like I told you, we got sick over the weekend. And the first thing I thought was like, I'm so grateful it didn't mess up our schedule <laughs> <laughs> because we have the schedule and we love it because we get up early now. And if we have to get up earlier, that's not a big deal. We go to bed by like nine or nine 30 cause we're exhausted. And we, Micah thought he was a night owl. And now he's like, pulling me to bed by nine or nine 30, <laughs> just because we have learned how to set good habits. And I think that might be the biggest thing that's helping. It's like giving us a gift every day, because when we actually find what we prioritize and value and then set our schedule accordingly, then we've already chosen what we want out of life and we're not letting the whim of the moment choose it for us. Yes. And I think it just, I feel like every day we feel like, wow, we did really good because we actually got what we wanted to get done and we're moving forward because we're not just, oh, well, I didn't feel like doing that today. So I didn't, or I didn't get to it because I was busy because I actually, what it means was I wasn't prioritizing it. And so finding ways to set good habits and doing it together has really helped because I've tried to do it a few times and I just, it's hard to get out of a habit. It's really hard. So when we've both been kind of pushing each other towards it, it's helped. But I think we've been able to find just a lot of life from that. And we thought it might be more of like a constraint. Well, first of all, I have to say this is uh, yet again, a really important, not only point of conversation, but, but um, I, I think it highlights, first of all, something that we've talked about on the podcast before, which is that structure 
and freedom, these ideas aren't mutually exclusive. Yes. Um, and, and I think there's an assumption a lot of times when, um, at least when it comes to artist types who want the, the ultimate and freedom and flexibility. And by the way, I, I want that too myself. I mean, so much of what I do in business is for the sake of that. But right. th- the idea that, that we just kind of haphazardly, uh, as you said, Maddie, function on a whim, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't enable us to actually get things done in order to continue to have that so-called freedom that we so desperately want. And so we can have a bit of structure, which ultimately then gives us the freedom that we're desiring. Again, these concepts aren't mutually exclusive, but in order to have that, um, again, tied to what you were saying, Maddie, I think it's important to note that there is, there is a necessity here, which is to be clear about what it is that you do want. Because if you're not, if you're not sure what you're actually reaching for personally, that's then going to translate to the business and you're going to function in business haphazardly and it's going to be much easier to then kind of just go with the wind. And then you have this chaotic existence, which you hear from, or even just see online from photographers, which is, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week and kind of working at any and all hours. And so much of that has to do with not being clear, first of all, what you want. So I would encourage for those, for those of you listening in, there are a number of episodes that we've that we've delved into this topic of establishing a big picture view, which drives everything that you do. And and being very, very clear about that to begin with is really important to minimize that haphazard behavior. And then ultimately it enables you to be able to more effectively use your time well. And and I know we mentioned this book, 168 hours. We'll link to that in the show notes. You're gonna want to make sure you check that out. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's important to note that, again, for those of you who want that freedom and want that flexibility, if you want an hour or two a day to to just sit around and kind of follow whatever might come, um, you can you can create <laughs> that that freedom if you want to by having a structure the rest of the day. And it ultimately gives you that freedom. These ideas of structure and freedom don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. And something you said, Nathan, about people working 60 to 70 hours a week something that kind of blew my mind in the book 168 hours is she said she actually, there's like statistics done about that. A lot of people who say they're working that much aren't actually working that much, but they feel like they are because it is haphazard and, or it's just not prioritized. And I do think like when you can find what you just said, the priorities all of a sudden it gives you so much more time than you thought you had to just, yeah follow the whim for a few hours. <laughs> and it's so easy. I mean, again, I'm guilty of this too. I, I get it. I understand what it feels like. And then some days you're just kind of burnt out. You didn't get enough sleep. And so that there's yes. less motivation, whatever it might be. I, I understand to be clear, this is not, um, my, my statements aren't coming from a place of having, uh, you know, worked it all out, figured it all out and, and um, always being either. consistent. <laughs> <laughs> but I think these are important principles to keep in mind, uh, that, that you can have both the freedom and structure and, and a good first step in that direction is to being clear about what you want personally, that'll translate to your business. And then that'll help you be able to establish a bit of structure in your life so that you can have both that and, and the freedom at the end of the day, but learning how to use your time. Well, that second step to, to getting unstuck, this is really, really good. So we started with finding a mentor, learning how to use time more effectively. And then you mentioned a third step. What is that next one? Yeah. So the third step is for us, we hired experts. Um, we found experts in areas in particular areas that we weren't good at. So, or uh, don't like, or don't like, <laughs> that's right. And the two can kind of coincide. I think a lot of time is wasted trying to learn skill sets that you really don't have a passion for. Mm. Um, and so we mentioned story brand and some of these other mentors, um, 
we 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 hired other companies to help us with our branding and uh, we have an accountant because uh, you know I could go out there and get TurboTax and do it myself, <laughs> but it, there's important areas of of business that I just know I need input on, and, and it goes back to what we were just talking about: learning how to use our time well. And the question I like to ask myself, and I've got it on my dream board, is: Am I living my life or am I leading my life? Mm. A lot of times. If I'm delegating things, it's because I have a direction that I know I need help with. Um, if if uh, we're, I think the fact is we're just not experts in every area. And some of those areas are, are pretty important if you're running a business. So finding people that can help you in, in that and so that you can focus on what you like doing, that's going to make you more effective. That's going to make you uh, – it's going to make the business more fun uh, and, and I think ultimately effective. So look for those experts around you that, that have the same values as you that, that, you know, can edit pictures very, very exactly. well. <laughs> tons of time. So with something like editing, I mean, that's a conversation in of itself. The idea of delegating something that feels like your baby that, that you feel like you need to maintain control over. But um, I mean, there are so many different areas in our business where delegation can play a significant role in freeing us up, whether it's, you know, album design or other admin tasks, email management or otherwise uh, accounting as well. Was there any element of this process of, of giving up control over some of those areas of your business that were eating up your your time and maybe even your motivation that you struggled with giving up because you felt like you needed to maintain some kind of control over it? Great question. Man, I think there's a few. And I think, um, obviously, I know this is, I mean, I'm doing a shout out to you a little bit here, but it's because it's real. I think that doing my own editing is something I take pretty seriously at times. So it's hard to give that up sometimes. But my gosh, like the time that you actually save by doing that mm. is huge. But I also realized, and this is going to sound silly, and you guys can all laugh at me for this, but I have always liked using <laughs> using editing as a time to watch TV shows. Ah, and <laughs> and I realized nobody else has ever done that. Never, ever. So embarrassed. No, because it feels like such a like a twelve year old thing to do. But I am like, oh, I can catch up on all my favorite TV shows. I have yeah. tons of editing to do. Yeah, Micah, can you take the kids? I have to edit. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality is, when I do that, I lose energy so much more. Like I would so much rather watch a TV show while I'm working out and I'm getting energy for myself. If I have to watch a TV show, I should do it then. But while I'm editing. I end up losing a lot of energy and motivation to work and I don't get it done as fast as much as I try to convince myself that's the case. It just isn't. <laughs> and I think there's something to be said for finding things that energize you. And if you are being, if you're able to give yourself energy, that's a huge gift. Like people pay for that. People pay for caffeine. I mean, if you can give yourself energy by finding the things that actually give you energy, then you're going to be more successful and productive and so when I am not doing my own editing, I do realize like as hard as it is to give that up, it's worth it because I have more excitement for what I'm doing and I'm better at it. 
Well, and and let's be real too. The the idea of multitasking is in and of itself <laughs> an energy suck, right? I mean, I I, yes. I understand yeah. there are certain people yes. that, that are that are better at it than others. Even my daughter actually, in, in in some ways, has kind of blown my mind at her her abilities when it comes to multitasking. But at the end of the day, it does take more mental resource to multitask. Yep. You're also likely not giving as much attention to one thing or another as a result. And, you know, why not delegate that editing so that you can just like go all in with whatever your favorite TV shows are in the yes, moment exactly. uh, as well. But, but uh, then simultaneously, I mean, you, you even alluded to, to the wonderful benefit of, of working out while watching the show and, and you kind of, you knock two things out at once are gaining energy in the process of enjoying a TV show. I mean, that's, that's the best <laughs> of both worlds there, um, but giving up control ultimately means that, that you do have more freedom and flexibility to focus on the things that you're not only good at, but ultimately that you enjoy as well. And and I, th- I think it's really, really important to note. And that's something I think Mike and I are both still trying to figure out because to even just delegating to each other, because we're going into business together for the first time, it's interesting to try and find the things that we're going to trust each other on mm. and, and delegate and say, okay, I believe you and I trust you. Yesterday, Micah wrote an email that was out of the negotiation book. And he took what he learned from that and applied it beautifully. But it terrified me because it was going against what I know, except that I've read the book and I'm like, no, it's true. And I just had to be like, okay, Micah, I trust you. You do it and take it away. And he, he did awesome. And I just, it's so fun to learn how to just trust the people that you surround yourself with that you say, okay, these are my business partners. These are the people who are going to help me go far and they're going to push you and stretch you. And that's good. Like you need that. You do. And, and, you know, I have to highlight um, something that my, my friend Thomas Flint is a photographer we've had on the podcast before a couple of times now, something that he said in the last episode that, that we had him on, which was that, you know, this idea that we can't give up control suggests that we're the only ones that are capable of possibly doing it as well as we can do. And the the level of ego that is associated with that thought process (laughs) is, I mean, it's terrible in the end if we actually really think about it. The reality is there are plenty of other people who um, not only can bring an alternative perspective that is is wonderful and and potentially even enabling for, for our business, but in some cases may even be better if we're just willing to give up a little bit of control. Oh my gosh, so much better. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, that's so good. Well, you know, this has been, um, again, a wonderful conversation and I appreciate both of you making time to share with us, um, what it's looked like to, for, for the two of you to kind of get unstuck personally and professionally. Uh, I'm excited to see what you're, you're able to do with your business moving forward. And, um, we'll make sure to highlight these, again, these resources and these notes and this process of finding a mentor, learning how to use your time more effectively, and then ultimately delegation, hiring experts for the sake of our listeners. We'll, we'll link to all of this information and, and post it in the show notes, uh, for this particular episode with Micah and Maddie, but will you all share where our listeners can find you online? And I know that you, you were talking to me about this before we got started recording, um, you're in the process of, I think, working on a new website. So by the time the episode comes out, we'll be able to link to that. So for those of you listening in, check it out in the show notes. But will you share with our listeners where they can find you on Instagram? Yeah, certainly. The the Instagram handle is uh, all lowercase may underscore media underscore. Okay. And, and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. So you all can see 
the work that they're producing at May Media. But thank you again, Micah and Maddie, for making time for the Boca podcast today. Thank you so much for having us. It's been so fun. And I remember listening to this your podcast, I think like two years ago and thinking, this is such a great podcast. So it's so fun to be on it now. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations for all your success as well, Nathan. You made a big impact on the business world and for photographers. You, you, uh, I'd love to see the stats on how many hours you have saved yeah. <laughs> professional <laughs> photographers in their line of work. And, and of course, that's the one thing we can't get back is our time. So you, you, what you're contributing to that community is going to make a big difference and, and already has. Uh, thank you guys. You're very, very generous. I appreciate the kind words. And more than anything, I just appreciate uh, your friendship and the opportunity for conversation today. That's as well, Nathan. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>